Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I'll be recapping the Twin Cities Dodgeball Throwdown that took place last weekend. Here to help me do so is Eric Stone, Tanya Kaiser, and Brett Furlong. Guys, thank you so much for joining me and lending your time to help recap and share what took place. Um, let's just go ahead and start with a simple introduction. Go ahead and give us your name, the team you played for, and uh, let's start with Eric. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Captain T.C. Bush, and for Throwdown, I Captain Chaos. Nice. Then Tanya, you can go ahead and start with you. We can go next. Yep. Uh, thanks for having me again. Uh, I was a team captain for the women's purple team. We did a women's draft. And then I was co-captain of our co-ed team, Juicy. Nice. And Brett? Uh, I play on Chicago Task Force uh, regularly. And uh, for this tournament, I was on... Uh, hidden gems ends and uh, MVP for co-ed and was also uh, a USA scout for this uh, for this tournament as well. Awesome. It's going to be uh, exciting for you to go ahead and pick your brain on, on that aspect too. So well, cool. Well, before we get into the divisions, um, I just was kind of talking to you earlier about it, Tanya, but I just wanted to try to get some more uh, background information on the Twin Cities throwdown, uh, where it came from and who's behind it. But can we just go ahead and start with the uh, Twin Cities Dodgeball? Is it an organization, a league, or um, company? Uh, what is it exactly? Yeah, we're an organization. Um, we're slowly working on transitioning to a nonprofit organization. Um, but we have been around since about 2014, I think, is when we established we were formed. Um, yeah, it's been kind of fun. We've had tournaments every now and again have our two annual ones that we do every year, the throwdown, and then later in the fall, we'll do the clash, which is one-on-one, two-on-two, and a three-on-three tournament. Nice. And then I was looking at the uh, the page that you gave me, it was the, the meetup. Is there really like 2,000-some-odd dodgeballers that, that come to this event? Um, that's how many people have uh, signed up. Um, we don't require our members to come to every open gym that we host, but if we do an event, we usually post it on there so that we can get some attention, get people who are interested in playing dodgeball in the cities out into our open gyms to bring them into leagues, hopefully. So. Gotcha. And then also, uh, foam is the primary ball, correct? For this? Correct. We love our seven inch foam up here. Gotcha. And did you guys, uh, any of you guys get your background or, or, uh, get into dodgeball through NCDA? I no. didn't know. Nope. Nope. I started with seven inch foam here in the cities. Gotcha. Same with you, Brett. Uh, I started with eight inch foam in, uh, suburbs of Chicago. Was that, um, Nada by chance? Yeah, those are the tournaments we went to, but we played in a, a league called Western Springs Dodgeball. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's always uh, good for me to basically just find out more about you guys and, um, probably said this in, in previous episodes but i definitely am guilty of just kind of lumping you all in the same like ncda we pinch 8.5 type of, of realm so i'm happy to kind of get to know you guys more and, and find out more about what took place so um i guess now that we have some context behind the event uh why don't we just go ahead and, and break down um the division and looks like we have a women's draft first um so I guess I guess Tanya is probably going to take lead on most of these questions, but um, do you want to kind of give us some insight on the overall uh, division, Tanya? Yeah, it was it was our first year having a women's division. 
Um, we've always struggled in getting women in to dodgeball up here in the north. So it was pretty awesome. We had six teams with four players on each. Um, we picked our captains kind of on our based on strength so that we can divide the skill up a little bit and then did a draft earlier in the week. And yeah, it was, it was definitely very fun to play. Um, it's a lot of these ladies up here first time playing in a women's division, which was definitely fun to see. And you could definitely see like the sparkle in their eye when they were on the court with just other women. It's a, a different game compared to co-ed for sure. Gotcha. Do you guys have a, uh... I don't want to try to like insinuate anything, but do you guys have like a, an issue recruiting women or is it just like, we just want a division for them uh, this time around? Um, it's kind of been a little bit of both, you know, me, Ashley, Marjan and Lori have kind of been uh, the competitive females that are traveling for dodgeball and things. It's, it's hard to convince females to travel all over the world to play dodgeball. So yeah, at the local level, we have some people that are talented, but not travel-worthy competitive, I at would least, say. At least yet, anyway, maybe. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, yeah, the reason why I asked that, and, I, and I, I guess I kind of put the question that way, was because of the South. Like, it was, it was a big deal for Elite Round 1 to have a women's division, and they kind of had to... Um, I think they had to cap it to four players uh, in hopes of, you know, growing the division and getting more people... To, uh, to come out for, for other rounds and stuff. So that's kind of where I was going with that. But um, looking at the bracket, it looks like um, Orange was, was pretty dominant the entire time. That's um, Ashley Cook, right? It is, yes. I'm not surprised. Um, what about the other uh, players, Lauren, Jamie, and Michelle? Are they, um, can you kind of speak to them a little bit? or? Um, Lauren Dwyer oh. is uh, from Canada. Um, she was one that tried out or was selected to go for Team Canada to their nationals the weekend before. Uh, definitely good catcher for sure. Um, and the other two ladies were definitely key in their dominant performance for sure. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I was watching yeah. the the recap video, and I mean. I I wasn't really sure like what uh, what divisions were what, but it definitely looked like the uh, the female players were were pretty pretty solid. Um, let's see, I see Green, um, recognize Paige and Elena, so it's good to see that. Um, well, actually, before I get too too ahead of myself, let's see, they played the first round, lost the orange. Oh wow, I almost uh, I just assumed they would do really well. <laughs> I caught myself there. I'm glad I double checked. Were there any um, any other teams, or at least with that division, aside from Orange, that um, that showed up or looked really good from your perspective? Um, yeah, for sure, uh, Orange obviously was very good. White had a very very good team. They were all very balanced. Uh, the really nice thing about them is they all knew each other, so they knew how to work with each other, which definitely gave them an advantage. Um, Ashley's team, the orange team, actually went in as four seed, which was shocking in itself, but they definitely showed up to play in the tournament. Nice. And then um, 
let's see, so some of the, some of these names I do recognize, uh, Black, you had uh, Kat Takeda, and is that Nicole Chasen for Red? It was, yes. Nice. Dang, she's been busy. So she she hit you guys, and then just I think she was at uh, the LA Classic for, for this past weekend. So that's awesome. Glad to see that she's back in the, in the mix. Um, I guess uh, I don't want to really leave it there, but um, were there any like plays or anything specific that you can take away from from that division that you recall? Um, you know, there were several good catches, especially for some of the ladies here that haven't played in an all women's tournament before. So that was very exciting. Um, Paige is always <laughs> dominant force on the court. <laughs> Um, her outgoing personality is always fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I mean, everyone played amazing. It was super fun to watch the ladies kind of just, I don't know, show their skill set. Nice. So, and, uh, not yeah. to leave you guys out of, uh, out of it, but Eric and Brett, um, did you guys notice anything from your perspective? I, I think I see some notes from Eric, but, um, how about you, Brett? Uh, I didn't get too much of a chance to uh, kind of watch the women play with playing myself and then kind of scouting the guys when uh, I did have my downtime. But, uh, it, I mean, there, it did look like some good competition over there amongst the women. Uh, so, gotcha. I assumed it went well. For sure. And how about you, Eric? Um, is this the, the right context? I think you happen to know about Katie Korjat. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could have I could have watched the – the women's division more uh like brett said we were playing men's kind of at the same time oh i see but i think if we just had more time maybe a little bit more space we could we could break it up so that we could actually we could have watched the uh, women's division more um but i did get to see a little bit of it and i think on paper like tanya was saying marjan's team was the most well-rounded and balanced team with marjan Lori keo and taylor um i think people outside the cities probably don't know keo and taylor um they know marjan of course um from traveling and then Lori plays on uh blitz for co-ed um on the national level so they probably recognize those two names but keo and taylor are both uh really good players here locally i think taylor definitely has a big future in dodgeball. We, um, she kind of just recently started coming out. We discovered her um, over at Sky Zone, and she plays with Josh Kerbel, uh, who's another local player who is up and coming here. Um, but she's got a really good arm. Uh, she catches. Um, really talented player. I could I could see her doing really well nationally. Um, if she ever gets around to traveling. Gotcha. Um, I, I think she's, I think one of her catches is on the highlight reel that Mick put out too. Do you know which one it was by chance? Uh, let's see. I know she's at the back wall. There's like three balls coming at her. Um, I think she's in a gray kind of a bay. There's Katie's catch. That's Katie. Might get the distracted. Is this, is this to... showing up for everyone? That's yeah. It is actually. Is yep. There's Elena's crazy. It, I don't know. Like it was a catch and then an out and then a throw in between the legs at the same time. 
Yeah, she's good. I, I feel like that's the first time I've seen her play. Maybe I've seen her play before, but I, I was really impressed by Elena's play for sure. Yeah, she's uh, obviously she's from Arizona, and I've got to see her play. I played with her as well, um, and she's already doing like one-handed catches, and she's a monster in both foam rubber and, and no sting, so it's exciting to see that she's going out there and uh, repping pretty well. Yeah, no, she did. She did great. I, she definitely stuck out in the women's division for sure. I'll have to maybe go back and see if I can find that catch for um, for later. Don't want to get too distracted with the, with the visuals. Oh, stuff. sure. Yeah, and I was just going to mention Katie, um, too. I know she's put a lot of work into her game. She hasn't traveled much, but as far as a local player, she comes out to open gym pretty regularly. And just a huge improvement. I think it just shows. I think for a lot of girls – and even guys too, you know, you come out and you, maybe you don't throw very hard and everyone else is, you know, playing at this high level. Um, and she just, she just stuck with it and really worked on her throw. And, um, she's been throwing really well, catching really well, definitely made a really big improvement. Awesome. Very cool. Well, let's go ahead and, uh, get into the, uh, the men's division. Looks like we've got some, uh, lot to work with here so um i guess uh let's see how can we transition to this one um we're gonna go with brett um how did the first division go for you overall looks like you got some notes that you kind of speak towards uh well for men's division um uh, i was put on a free agent team i was the only one of from task force that decided to make the trip so uh tanya uh, did me a favor of finding some other uh, guys to play with. Um, I don't believe any of us met each other, so it was uh, kind of a fun experience to get to know some other guys and uh, everyone collaborate their game together. Um, I think we took the 11th seed out of 14, so at least we weren't last. Uh, but uh, we, we did have some fun playing together, and uh, there are definitely some good teams out there. Um, probably some people, uh, I mean, I and probably we underestimated um, but uh, definitely some good battles, uh, wrecking balls. Uh, we beat them in round robin, and then they came back and, uh, and I think eventually eliminated us um, in the playoffs. Uh, and uh, just some really good play overall amongst all teams I saw. Is this the this wrecking balls from the south? Yes. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Cool. I didn't know that they were um, they were traveling outside the regions. Um, was that was that the team that Eric Jones was on by chance? Uh, no. Eric Jones, I believe, was on Trash Pandas. That sounds like something he would do. Um, <laughs> trash <pandas. laughs> I don't know. I I know that he was in the South Plain. I think it was like Dot Dodge Wars. So I just kind of did a an assumption there, but Trash Pandas makes more sense. Um, cool. And how about uh, how about you, Eric? Would you uh, would you see from your perspective? Uh, for men's division, mm -hmm. we, we did really well. We, we rolled through it. Um, not completely though. I, I would say we had two pretty good matches in round Robin. Um, blitz gave us a pretty good run. I think the final score ended up being three, one, but we went into no blocking and they had a pretty good chance of tying us. Uh, this is during round Robin. And then no mercy which is a local trampoline team 
uh, Trent and Tristan Raymond, and then Josh Kerbel, Taylor's boyfriend. They gave us a pretty good run in round robin too. Um, that was it was two one going into no block, and they had a good shot at at tying it two two, but we ended up ended up pulling it out. Nice. Yeah. You said you said uh, no blocking. So was that like uh, like Sin City where? Um, at the end of was like ten minutes, uh, you had to call no blocking to speed up time. Is that is that what happened, or how does that uh, factor in? Yep, yep. I think we were doing eight minute matches. I could be wrong. I think it was eight minutes. Um, just continuous games for eight minutes, and then yeah, once once eight minutes was up, it would just go into no blocking. Balls would reset, and then whatever game was in progress would just finish with no blocking. It's uh, it's mainly hilarious. just to keep it on keep it on time really yeah for sure it, it's hilarious when no blocking's uh implemented like we have it here with the uh, the ndo league uh our foam here here on uh in phoenix and no matter no matter how many times people say no blocking like it's just such an impossible instinct to to try to try to forget about do any of you guys have that issue when this oh, is uh, sure. implemented? oh yeah and then you all yell and laugh when they when they do block and <laughs> Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that a few times for sure. Just Luckily, I, I wasn't on the end of of blocking and no blocking. At least I don't think I was. I very well could have been, but, but yeah, I feel like that's how we've all been in that spot. That's hilarious. Um, what what other rule variations? And I guess this is probably something I, I could have asked earlier. But as far as this tournament goes, um, and any one of you guys can take this, but is it uh, is it comparative? Elite based rules, or how does uh, what's the format overall for this tournament? Um, it's mostly WDBF rules, um, a little bit modified, obviously, for time restraints. Um, so we did eight minute games, and then it always ended in no blocking. Um, round robin, it didn't matter if there was ties. Um, you guys got everyone got awarded points, um, and then we obviously seated. We continued throughout the tournament the same way. Uh, if the tournament ended in a tournament game, ended in a tie, it goes into a four-minute game, regular play. Um, whoever wins, wins. Um, if and that's a specific WDBF rule, too. Yeah. That's how it is in the WDBF. If it's tied, it goes into a four-minute game. Is uh, Can you – let me slow down. Is there like a uh, first out, first in um, – what do you call it? Order when you get out, or can you get in whenever you want to with this tournament? Uh, first out, first in. Gotcha. That's one of the maybe just for recreational purposes, but that's one of the main variations that I recall from from NDO, at least from the the Tuesday night, night league. Here is um, you can go in whenever you want to, so it's kind of like on the team to, to decide who comes out on a catch. Which uh, I wondered if that was going to transition into some of these more uh, competitive based tournaments, but. Um, Let's go ahead and, and talk about. Um, I just want to cover this note from Brett. In terms of like what gave your teams the big, biggest challenges, I think you already kind of spoke to wrecking balls and blitz. But uh, was there anything specific about them, or they just showed up with their A game that day? Uh, I think wrecking balls hit a. I mean, a few surprising players to me, um, being from the north. Guys like uh, Justin Ashby. Um, uh, uh, forgetting his name. Uh, Hebert, I can't remember his first name. I apologize. Jake, Jake Hebert. Yep. Yeah, those two guys, I think, really uh, kind of surprised me. I don't, 
believe I ever have played against them or really seen them play on the court. So um, they kind of gave me a run for my money personally. Um, and then Blitz, I think uh, we see them every elite tournament. I mean, I think almost every tournament in the Midwest, Blitz is there and they're just a solid group of young dodgeball players um, that just get the game fundamentally right. They understand how to play. Um, they may not have all the talent in the world, but they just know how to play dodgeball and they always bring it. So uh, they're usually a challenge when, whenever I see them out there. So Nice. Yeah, that, that's the thing is like you can have six incredibly talented individuals, but if they can't play together, it doesn't really do much. But then, you know, if they can sync, then that kind of changes the whole the whole dynamic and it's kind of like a gimme but i wondered you know if you had showed up with um with task force it probably would have been a different showing would you agree uh most definitely i mean we task force has been to the past two uh throwdowns i believe we won it two years ago um and then this year we just couldn't make it happen it's no biggie uh but uh yeah, I, I believe if Task Force brought our team, I mean, we would have been more competitive. So. For sure. And then, um, Eric, we'll go ahead and go back to you with this question, and that is, um, were there any like highlight plays or matches that you can recall? Um, you put in here Wrecking Balls versus Trashed, Panza, Trashed Pandas semifinal. Yeah, that was a really good match, and... I think they went into overtime and and that was to go to the final. That was the semifinal. And Wrecking Balls, I think they really came out to play for this tournament. Uh they did they did really well. We didn't get to play them at all in men's. I think we did play them in co ed. Um, but I can definitely second what Brett was saying about Justin and Jake. Those were two really good players. Um, I recall playing Justin before, and he's just a little guy who is really tough to hit and moves around on the court really well, has a decent throw. I've always been really impressed by his play. Um, and, yeah, they, they made a really good run. They ended up with third in men's and were really close to making the final. Gotcha. And I just remember my guys – on chaos we're watching that match and we were kind of like second guessing which one we'd rather play i wonder how that feels like like which one do we have a better chance of, of beating and uh, right right yeah we're sitting there watching the semifinal, you know and it's like going into it it's like okay you know trash pandas cody's team is is probably just our our biggest rival on paper um but then just seeing the way uh, wrecking balls were coming together the way they were playing. Um, they definitely, they almost had it. They, they had a really good match against Trash Pandas and almost got themselves into the final. Nice. What, what did you guys do against Trash Pandas that, that helped um, solidify your win? I mean, it looks like you guys dominated the entire time. So did you change anything up or were you just kind of the better team that day or? You know, we just gave balls to Derek Johnson and Cody Stidham in the middle <laughs> and just had them throw. They did the rest. <laughs> I mean, that was our basic strategy was just, I mean, it was me and Alexander He-Man, who some of you guys probably know from TC Booch, uh, our UDC team, who plays the wing with me. 
Um, it was him and I on the wings. And then I mean, we would just protect and hold. And then it was just Stidham and Johnson just lighting people up in the middle. Nice. And, and that, that really was just our base strategy. I mean, I remember, you know, planning for the tournament and, you know, there really wasn't a lot of complexity to our strategy at all. I think anyone who played us could see, you know, what we were doing and it was working. It was working. And so we just kept doing it. Um, but Derek Johnson and Cody Stidham both have just really powerful seven inch foam throws. Um, Derek Johnson especially has really found his niche with his seven inch foam throw. And it's just some of the, some of the hardest seven inch foam throws I've seen. Nice. Is Derek Johnson, does he go by Captain America or is that on the back of one of his shirts? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Captain America. One of his Boosh tanks has Captain America on the back. Nice. Yeah. Derek, he's the one that, uh, that made that clutch catch against rise out at nationals, um, in Boston. I think, um, uh, he's, he's doing something clutch looking in one of his pictures. Um, <laughs> And it says Captain America, and that's how I know that much, at least. But um, I've heard about him yeah. a lot, so that's cool. I think that's the pick from when he caught Tim when we upset Rise out at out at Nationals for Elite. Nice. Poor Tim. <laughs> <laughs> he has to live those clutch catches forever. Um, I'm sure there's been a couple out there. Um, cool. Well, let's go ahead and go to Brett. I just wanted to touch on your note here. Um, you just said you saw some leg catches and maybe some deflecting deflection catches. Yeah, I believe, uh, we had a few leg catches against us. And then, uh, I think overall I was, I think I witnessed a bunch of deflection catches throughout the day. Um, I mean, I think seven inch foam kind of leads, uh, kind of leads to those pop-ups. Um, and, uh, people are capitalizing them, I think throughout the weekend or throughout the day. So, there's a uh, watching this video. There's I, th I think it's that the taller red red shirted gentleman. He uh, like a ball just like popped up right into his arm, like the crook of his elbow. He's like, oh okay, I'll I'll take it. Um, did you see a lot of that happening or? Yeah, I mean, or, like, not to the uh, degree of uh, luckiness as uh, is, is that one. I think that, that that's the ball that hit Derek, and then Alex Heeman just lands right like in his hand he's not even looking at it yeah uh, but yeah but yeah i mean that was uh i mean that's a good example of kind of um some of the play that was going on throughout the day and how about that leg catch did it just get like stuck in between somebody's legs or was that like deliberate yeah or? just kind of guys going down to the ground and balls just kind of sticking between their thighs or getting caught up like in the back of their knee stuff like that god that's so frustrating i mean it, if it happens to you it's it's amazing but when you, you think you hit somebody out like Derek and then now fate's just going to dictate otherwise and place that ball ever so gently in that player's hands. It's so frustrating, but uh, it's hilarious at the same time. Um, so let's go ahead and go into the uh, the third division, the co-ed. Um, unless, um, let me backtrack real quick. Tanya, I'm assuming you didn't really get a chance to take part in men's division uh, because you're playing women's. Correct. Uh, women's and running the show a little bit uh, kind of took up a majority of my time. I'm sure there was amazing things going on. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure. Um, that's a, that's a lot on your plate, though. I mean, it's it's enough to just play play the event, but helping run of it's uh, it's going to take a lot out of you. So. Um, yeah, my uh, shout out list is pretty big. So. Awesome. <laughs> 
Sweet. That's my favorite part. But uh, cool. Well, we'll go ahead and go to, to uh, the COA division. And um, I guess we'll just start with uh, with Eric. Um, how did the first, uh, excuse me, the COA division go for you overall? Uh, it went really well. We we were 12 and 2 in round robin, uh, picked up the first seed again. And let's see, played Blitz, played Pandas. Uh, we got to play Wrecking Balls for our last match of round robin. And then we started out with Juicy, um, which was Tanya and I think the some of the West Coast guys for our very first match. But yeah, we really we kept our momentum going. We had the, the same roster, basically, plus Marjan for... Uh, the co-ed requirement and yeah really kept the momentum going from from men's and yeah did we did really well you said uh west coast guys um so it's like brody um i think i saw casey moses um anybody else from the west coast eric jones um aside uh, from those three brendan mick tad tad uh, Micah. Andy. Yeah, Andy. Andy was out too. Yeah. Nice. Now, is yeah. that is that something that's happening more and more, or has there always been a, a pretty decent West Coast showing, or I guess multi-region now? Um, do, are you guys noticing that that's, that's trending, or was, was there a lot of uh, other regions that come to this event prior to this year? Uh, Canada has come down a couple years uh, Chicago's come over some Michigan every now and again, we'll get a couple players from the different regions, but never really like full teams. Gotcha. Just some, uh, I don't want to say like the more competitive guys out there, but the ones that are more likely to, to travel. Like, uh, I was actually surprised, uh, Andrew Ketchum wasn't out there. So I wonder if he was taking the weekend off or something. Cause he seems to be going to every single tournament, but, um, uh. How did uh, how the Cohen division go for you, Tanya? Overall, uh, it went pretty well. Um, I was very excited to play with some of the West Coast guys uh, for the first time. We seeded pretty good. Uh, <laughs> our first game against Wrecking Balls, and we kind of went downhill after losing to them. Um, but I think we ended up facing pandas, trash pandas, pretty early on, uh, thanks to them getting knocked down pretty early. Um, yeah, I was kind of shocked that the pandas were ranked 12th. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was a fun division. Gotcha. Who sent them down to losers bracket the first time? Was it, was it chaos? Am I looking, I'm looking at the right bracket, right? The 17. Yeah, it was you guys. Chaos. <laughs> was, was that real? A, yeah. Was that a humble yeah, brag? In, in elimination? <laughs> You sent them down, yep, and then... And yeah. then we played them again in the final? Correct. Oh, okay. So it's either a humble brag or, or just a huge dish. Uh, diss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't read it. This is just me after a long day, I guess. Everything's just a blur. That's fair. Yeah, it looks like uh, he sent them down and they clawed their way back up just to get sent home. So. Okay, we did. That's funny. And then, uh, Brad, just per your note, uh, you're like, again, another uh, sub-team? or 
Yeah, another free agent team, free agent team. Uh, MVP. We took uh, the 16th seed out of 17 teams. <laughs> so, uh, not last. <laughs> we, we did win our playing game, uh, and we got to face uh, Eric on Chaos, which uh, uh, I'm sure was a lot closer in my head than in his. So uh, they kindly sent us down to the loser's bracket, where uh, I think we won another match. So uh, uh, we didn't win any matches during round robin, but we made we, we brought our game in the playoffs. I'm confident in that. So I'm happy with that. You you had that sweet catch on Derek Johnson though, so that that made it all worth it. I, I remember that. Yeah, I went. I drove home with a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice for sure. But uh, yeah, I think. But overall, I think uh, there are some really good teams out there. Ratchet. Um, I mean, playing with uh, the three females, Cat, Nicole, and Paige with uh, Andy and Brody. Uh, that was a really fun team to watch. I mean, I think they played really casually but really well um so nice yeah they took a third yeah yeah i wouldn't um i I guess i would expect them to to place pretty high that that sounds like a pretty awesome lineup so that's awesome and then looks like you beat pop force p force uh, Panda Force. Okay, I was like, please don't be yeah. the other P word. I'm thinking. Um, no, my, my, <laughs> mind, my mind went to a dark place real fast. <laughs> I was. Uh, you said Panda Force. Yeah. So um, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. They have like a a dodgeball club over there, and what they did for this tournament was they took all the players that wanted to play and drafted onto three teams, um, and gave me names, team names that were like seven words long. So I uh, abbreviated as I went. <laughs> Is there like a full Panda Force name that we're missing or? No, we had the Panda Force. Um, there was the Bodybuilders of Walmart. Okay. Or Walmart. Got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so some interesting choice of names, but we went with it. Uh, what was N Thunder? From... Uh, Northern Thunder. Northern Thunder. Okay. Yeah, There's one team name I'm deliberately looking over uh, in case you guys are wondering but uh, i don't see any other showers um five jerks it's a cool team name um so obviously with this one you know it's not like elite where you have to have a serious team name you can kind of have a little bit of fun even though the competition is pretty serious um would that be a pretty fair um assumption for sure um it's a fun tournament every year it's gotten bigger and bigger and you know this started out as just us wanting to play dodgeball and we created a tournament and you know some of that still is there the fun of playing dodgeball nice very cool so let's um if and we'll start with eric if you can remember were there any teams that that gave you um a challenge for the co-ed division yeah we had some good matches um, there was a team, and I don't know who let them name themselves this, but they were called the Dodge Fathers, which was really unfortunate, but it's all good. Um, but they were from Winnipeg. I I hope I have the name right. I, I think that was the Winnipeg team. Um, and I'm spacing on any of their names right now but we we had a really tight match with them i think that was one of our that was in elimination 
um, or I think our second, yeah, our second match in elimination. And they played us really well. I think, I think we just won by, by just one game. Um, but I, I remember specifically that was a really good match in, in co-ed for us. It was, it was close. I think anytime you're going up against players who you don't really know, there's a little bit of a, just a learning curve of kind of getting to know them. You don't really know who their, you know, who their arm is or who their really good catcher is, or, you know, you don't really have a feel for them. And so I really felt like that was the case going against those guys. And they're really good dodgeball players too. Uh, Winnipeg, which is just about eight hours north of us here in Minneapolis, just across the border into Canada. Uh, they play a lot of seven inch foam up there. So they're comfortable with this ball type and this style of play. Hmm. And I think that really showed. And I, I don't think they played men's either. At least I don't remember seeing a lot of those players playing men's. I, I could be wrong, um, but they were just really fresh and, you know, you could definitely tell they had a lot of experience and um, with that with that ball type, they gave us a good match. Nice. And going back to that comment you said about Dodge Fathers, and you're not sure who let them do that. Was that like a Kenny Dodge Father Cox reference, or was that a team that was retired no, from the region? Uh, no, I just I feel like every tournament, rec tournament, or just almost any tournament I've ever been to, which this was actually my 139th tournament that I've played in. Holy crap. I feel like, yeah, I added them up just the other day, 139 <laughs> tournaments. Um, I feel like there's always a Dodge Fathers. Like even in like leagues and I, I don't know, it's just a really, it's just a really common name that I feel like just needs to be retired. Who, uh, somebody else said that. And I'm probably offending a bunch of people who think like their <laughs> dodgeball team named the Dodge Fathers is like the coolest thing ever. Are you one of those people, Brett? Or I, I saw you. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I've been to uh, countless, countless tournaments where there's always the Dodge Fathers. And it's kind of, I mean, I think it's almost a joke, like in the Midwest. Uh, I see. I wonder, was it, might have been Glenn that was telling me about that. Maybe Glenn or, or Kat. I'm, I'm almost positive it was going to go back and listen to that episode. But he had mentioned, like, there's always a Dodge Fathers team. And, uh, always. Yeah, and it's kind of like there's always a um, a balls deep team, and it's just <laughs> for that one at least. I mean, it's like come on, man. But Dodge Fathers doesn't seem that bad, at least from my perspective. But I guess uh, I don't know. Maybe it would be kind of weird if they if people stopped doing that, don't you think? Like it would. Just like I'd welcome wanna, it. Oh, it's it's just that done with you guys are just that done with. Um, it. They're never good, so. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, well, how about you, Tony? Let's go ahead and move on to. Uh, your team and, and what teams gave you like the biggest challenges? Uh, well, wrecking balls definitely gave us uh, trouble right out the gate. Um, I don't think, you know, we should have been more prepared for them going into it, uh, especially since they had just rounded up, you know, third in the men's division, but it, they, they played us really well. They controlled the balls, they controlled the clock and we were doing everything to stay afloat. Um, so, yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, the minions, they beat us in round Robin. Um, but we beat them in the tournament. They were definitely fun to play against. 
Blitz for sure, always a good competition. And then Pandas is, yeah, they walked over us. So all in all, it was, it was just, it was fun to play with different players, especially when you haven't played with people before. Um, learning where everyone's position is on the court. So, yeah. Nice. Did you have to make any any changes with like your play style? Uh, for sure. Uh, playing with Boosh is very different than playing on a, a different team. Um, it's I enjoy playing with Boosh as it's a, like a structured team. Uh, we all know our roles on our team. And then when you're on a team who, you know, has a couple players that like to throw and are a little bit more wild, it's, it, it's a little bit harder to adjust to. Right. But it, it was fun to give the guys the ball to throw and, you know, pass the ball off. So. Gotcha. And uh, this can go to anybody. I just, I just realized this um, wrecking balls. Anthony Miller was on that team. Was he? Yes, he was. Do you think he had a factor with them? Because I, I, I normally plays for Outlaws, so I wonder if that was just like a a one-time deal, or can you guys kind of speak to his play and, and what that brought to the table? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think Anthony is a very uh, well-rounded and versatile player in his own right, um, so I think just him alone um, on that team added a, uh, a lot of value and then uh, kind of looked like he was providing some leadership out there to those guys and getting them uh, kind of lined up correctly, coordinating their throws. Um, so, I mean, th that's just added bonus on top of his, uh, his own skill out there. So um, it, that definitely added to uh, their threat level out there. Gotcha. That was just a quick side question. I thought of for a second. Um, Cause I, I remember I just saw him in the highlights. It's like, Oh, I know that guy. Um, and, uh, and Brett, how about you? Did you uh, was it was there any specific teams that gave you a challenge, or, or was it just enough to kind of overcome being on a freelance team? Uh, I think it's fair to say every team was a challenge for us. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, we didn't get we didn't get shut out in any of our matches, so that was good. Uh, but uh, we we just we just could never get to the top of the hill first. Um, we were just, I think, overpowered and overskilled. Uh, again, that was a team we didn't know a lot, but um, teams like Blitz, again, I spoke to them earlier, um, just solid. I think they just kind of like picked us apart, um, kind of with no problem. Um, but then uh, some of the teams, honestly, I mean, we, we, we were just beat with skill and um, just kind of being overpowered at certain times. So, Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it, it could probably be it's a tall order to play against those teams already. And if you're not with uh, with a team you're used to playing with or you're trying to figure out the whole synergy aspect, um, I'm sure that could be a little bit difficult. That's a cool uh, expression that I've never heard of. Uh, we can get to the top of the hill first. I like that. I might steal that from you. <laughs> cool. So let's uh, let's just real quick dive into any like highlight plays or matches that you guys may have seen. And uh, we'll go ahead and start from the top. So Eric, um, anything from the the co-ed division that you wanted to mention that we might not have covered already it can be like plays or, or match wise. Uh, co-ed. Assuming you weren't too busy winning and forgetting people and matches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. You know, I, I just get so focused at tournaments and then 
it's all a blur afterwards, honestly, unless, unless I watch a lot of film of it. Like, I mean, even I didn't even remember that we sent trash pandas down to the losing bracket. I think, I, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for athletes who are able to just give post game interviews and are just able to detail play by play what happened. I, I don't know how they do that. It's just all a blur to me until I, until I watch the film or, or, or see it again, I guess. Gotcha. Are you one of those guys that like, after doing something really awesome, you just say you blacked out, don't really recall what happened. You just, there's just bodies around you everywhere. Yeah. Right. Like some just kind of just, it's just a war zone, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so locked in to, to what I'm doing. Um, and then I'm just watching film afterwards. It's almost like seeing it for the first time sometimes when I, when I watch a match, but I think that's, I, I mean, I know I'm not the only one who experiences that. I think that's goes back to the importance of, of watching film and watching yourself play. I, I think you just see that other perspective and you learn so much about the game, about your own game, and then just about the game in general um, from watching the film afterwards. Gotcha. I mean, and you, you said you, you'd played in 129 tournaments, 139? 139. Yeah, I'm kind of, I actually, so I started playing in 2009 in a local league here. And I still have the schedule and the results and the playoff bracket from that season. Wow. I'm kind of, I don't know, a collector, I'll call myself maybe. I, I don't know, sentimental. I, I keep track of like all the schedules and standings and results from all the tournaments that I've played in and all the leagues that I've played in. That's awesome. Just, yeah, I've just kept track of everything from when I first started. So you kind of like uh, Serge Ferrari. He he kind of does the same thing. Um, I thought I was good with history. Oh, but Serge does that too, huh? Yeah, he. Um, okay, I know Glenn does, um, and I don't know if he does anymore. But he used to have it on his Facebook page in a note, and so you could go to his Facebook page and look at his notes, and he it was like up to date his <laughs> tournament, the tournaments that he'd been in. That's um, awesome. And I think actually, I think Jen Ritchie does that too i think she keeps track of of everything that she plays in that's awesome i, I used to do that until like 2009 and i was just like never mind just it's <laughs> out there somewhere i can figure it out if i need to collect it all but um yeah. how about you tanya um any highlight plays or takeaways from um the code division overall i'm you know honestly i'm sure there was uh, watching the highlight video that was done, there was definitely some great plays. Uh, I was kind of busy running around. I'm shocked that people weren't upset that I was yelling so much. So I think Brett would have better ideas of great plays. Gotcha. And I guess we'll go with that. How about you, Brett? Uh, uh, I mean, play specifically, um, and some of that's hard to recall, but, uh, just t teams like Ratchet, just watching their games were fun. Uh, they kind of a real nice loose rhythm to how they were playing. Um, and I mean, and they just had their crazy plays. I mean, with that roster they have, uh, I, I think they're kind of built to cover all the intangibles out there. Um, and then Trash Pandas, um, I think that's one of my favorite teams to go see and, pl uh, and play against. 
with like Cody out there and Ashley and Bizzle um, and Eric Jones joined them this year. Um, that's just another solid, well-rounded team uh, that just takes it. And then, of course, chaos. Um, I think usually when you're watching that team, you're just kind of in awe of the power that they're just demonstrating out on the on the court. Um, I mean, it's just hard throw after hard throw, and you're just praying for the people on the other end of those throws. So uh, um, the top three teams were probably the most fun to watch and probably the most competitive uh, coming out of co-ed. Gotcha. And that, that being chaos, um, trash pandas and, and ratchet were the top three. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let me see. And, uh, yeah, the cool thing is, um, you said it was Mick Woods. I thought it was Mike Woods, yeah. but does he have a different pronunciation or? No, he goes by Mick. Mick. Okay. Well, his video, I mean, that, that definitely does a lot of, uh, justice in terms of the intensity, I think. It just all around solid, just crazy plays happening all around, and kind of like what you said, Brett, with uh, some of these balls that are flying around are just uh, look like they're going insanely fast. Um, but let's go ahead and, and kind of transition into something I think mostly Brett can cover, and that's um, your your thoughts as a scout. Um, I want to ask all the questions, but let me just try to think of one real quick. Um, Let's just start with standout players that you noticed. Um, and can you talk to this as, as a scout? Is that like... Um, there is some stuff I can't discuss, but uh, I mean, I can talk. Cool. Um, I mean, there, there were several standout players. Uh, one of the things that, and I want to thank Tanya for, for this, um, was all the players who wanted to be considered for Team USA hit, were given a pink wristband. So nice. going around and watching games... Uh, I didn't have to specifically look for, for certain players and try and be like, oh, I think they're on my list and like go down and check my list. Um, I could just see as they got a wristband on. I know they want to be considered. Um, so it was, I mean, that was a big, huge uh, welcome. And I think I would like to see kind of going forward um, if this selection process uh, continues. Um, but yeah, that was a huge help. Um, but kind of, with uh, talking about the players, um, it, it was a good mix, I think, of some of the old uh, and more recent Team USA players, like with uh, Eric and Cody and uh, uh, Cody Stid or Cody Foley and Cody, Cody Stidham. Uh, Eric Jones was there. Um, some of those guys who had played on Team USA before, and then a bunch of new faces, uh, kind of wanting to try out and get their names on there. Um, I mean. You got some of the, play, the other players on Chaos, um, super best friends. I think four of their players were trying out for Team USA. Um, Saucy, uh, I think almost all their t all their players were trying out and uh, Wrecking Balls. Um, they had some players. So, I mean, th there were a lot of good standouts. I don't think anyone really disappointed or misrepresented themselves like in a negative fashion kind of to how they normally <laughs> play. Um, and I think that's kind of what the scouts are generally looking for is can you play on a consistent basis uh, at a above average to um, excellent style and uh, productivity out there. Um, and I think it should be noted that we, I mean, we are judging your game based off of seven inch foam. Uh, so s some of the players I did notice, they, play seven inch foam the way they play eight and a half rubber, which that may work um, in some scenarios, but 
I think you need to, some players need to adapt their game to fit what this team is going to be uh, asked to do, which is compete in a seven inch foam tournament. Um, so I think some players do uh, kind of alter their game to play seven inch foam, which is, uh, I think, should be uh, kind of more uh, talked about rather than just say, just go out there and play and. Um, but uh, it, it was a very good competitive atmosphere. I did talk to a few people kind of about Team USA and uh, kind of what they should be expecting soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was – I know me and Anthony and uh, – or Anthony and I and uh, Nicole, we were all taking notes um, and making sure we had everyone covered. We were talking about players there, uh, making sure we uh, – uh, we're both notating what we're seeing. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it was a great tournament for uh, displaying people's talents for uh, Team USA. Nice. It's funny because, like, every time I was going to ask a question, I was going to start writing it down, but you just transitioned into it, like, perfectly. So I only managed to get, like, two or three out uh, while, you're, while you're speaking. And I want to ask, one of those things you probably can't do is uh, you can't name specific people in this regard. Would that be taboo or...? Um. Not at this time, I can't. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I didn't want somebody to listen to it and like, oh, sweet, I'm on Team USA now. So I definitely um, understand. And uh, one one thing I did want to ask, and I, I think it's a great idea with with the pink wristband. Um, are any of you guys familiar with the uh, National Dodgeball League at all and their professional tryout? How that used to be? Yes. So like, not having, stories. Yeah, not having the uh, the runners sign on the back of your on the small of your back mm -hmm. with the close pins or the safety pins. Um, yes. But that, that, so I actually that, brought Bush out there the first year after everyone had left. And we really didn't know much about it or anything. We were already out there for the UDC. And so just went out to the NDL because it was there. And there was like six or seven teams per division. And that was that was the first year after everyone took off. Yeah, it's uh, not the time to join that that organization right. i guess um so the wristband though so that that's uh that was tanya's idea i believe so <laughs> uh yeah i kind of we the weekend before we went up and watched the <clears throat> canadian uh national tryouts up there and looking down some of the players had a pink wristband on and i was like whoa that's kind of it really stands out um the wristbands were for the after party at that time, um, but it got me thinking what a better way to have the players stand out on the court than to, you know, oh, let's hunt down, okay, who is this player? Are they trying out? Are they not trying out? So it, it stood out. It worked well, I thought. Nice. Do you think, uh, and this can go for anybody, do you think having a pink wristband drew more attention from the opposite team? Like, oh, I see Eric's trying out for Team USA. I'm going to light him up now, and I don't, I don't, not saying maliciously prevent him from doing that. But do you think that's kind of like uh, putting a big target on your back, so to speak? I don't think so. I think I, I didn't even notice it really when I was playing. I, I, I never noticed it. Um, maybe some, some others did, but I know when I, when I was ever playing, I couldn't notice if someone had a had a wristband on or not just another another competition another another opponent to defeat for you yeah gotcha 
about uh how about you brett did you kind of a weird question um, to ask i guess but like, I, I didn't see any negative effects of people like getting targeted because they had one or or even players being a little more aggressive because they had one i think everyone kind of played um kind of balanced uh in that regards so um I think kind of when you're in the heat of the moment playing, that's the last thing you're probably considering is I'm going to try and take this guy out to ruin his chances at making Team USA. I don't see that as a as, – maybe maybe down the line when, I don't know, someone gets snubbed or you got to beef with somebody. But uh, on one game will not decide anything. So Nice. Yeah, it's – I don't know. I'm – I'm kind of walking that question back now. I'm like, that might have been a silly thing to ask because the wristband doesn't really change the player. They're still really good, most likely, and you still have to defeat them anyway. But that was just a question that popped in when you were talking about it. And uh, Tanya, I noticed you're kind of laughing. Did you have um, some input on that, or no? You know, I I was on the court and I couldn't tell you one person who was wearing a pink wristband. Like, if they're on the court, I'm more worried if they're gonna throw a ball at me are they going to counter like what do i need to do in this moment not hey i wonder what he's wearing <laughs> gotcha <laughs> so. for sure and then um this is another question for you brett is there anything that aside from playing really well players can do to get noticed and this is kind of more of a broad question for future events that have scouts like are you looking for like you said it you may be super great at 8.5, but you're looking at people and their ability to play in foam. So any other, like, I don't say like nuances that, that people might need to keep in mind for those that want to be on team USA. Um, I think number, I think one of the big things, and, and we've talked about it amongst the scouts is just a great attitude. I think it, it that sounds kind of cliche, but, uh, I mean, this is going to be a team that's representing USA and kind of representing um, kind of all of us that we want kind of stand up good character guys out there. Um, this is for the men's team and, and good character women for the women's team. So, uh, I mean, positive attitude, willing to work with teammates. Um, and I think what something that, I mean, I've thought about and uh, I think some of the other guys have is um, – can you can you fill many roles to to make the team? Um, we can't have six wing players on the court. So if you're usually a wing player, can you play another position? Can you play the middle? Can you play the rush? Can you? Get, I mean, those are good things to also demonstrate. I mean, if you're only out there just wanting to throw the ball, that's great. But um, kind of after watching videos from WDF past um, throwing will not win you a gold medal. You got to be able to do other things. So um, I think demonstrating other attributes other than having a ball and sitting in the corner is um, a great way to get noticed. I mean, uh, can you dodge? Can you catch? Can you do other stuff? So That's awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask about that because um, in talking to, Dylan and I think uh, Eric and Alan, one, one, one of the challenges that you have to be on Team USA is can you, um, you know, can you sync with these, these players that you've never played with before potentially and can you do it fast? Can you guys find your rhythm quickly? So being able to d display that um, attribute 
like, yeah, I'm, I'm a good team player. I can fit any role. I can, I can uh, mesh well. It's probably super important. So I'm glad you kind of brought that up. Um, and Tanya, you said that the scout was, was Nicole for the, for the women's team. Um, Marjan and Nicole were both there. Yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. I'll probably have to pick their brains at some point. Um, well, let's go ahead and transition into the, the shout out section. And if you have something great, if not, no worries, but, uh, we'll just go ahead and start with Eric. Was there anybody in particular that you wanted to shout out? Could have been like a player, a team helper, um, anything like that from your end? Yeah, I got to um, give a shout out to my girlfriend, Dua, uh, who played in her second dodgeball tournament ever in the ladies division. So that was pretty cool to see her out there playing. Nice. Um, she's just started coming out to open gyms and is kind of getting into the dodgeball. So that's really cool to see. I think I was probably more excited than she was that she was going to be playing. <laughs> and she was on the uh, Team Black? with uh cat and karen yeah yeah she got to play she got to play with cat you know nice so yeah she's this was her second tournament she got well she actually kind of got just drug out to both of these tournaments um <laughs> it was about a month ago or so she got drug out to a tournament because i think i had a girl drop on one of my teams and then tanya i think you messaged her like just a couple of days before needing yeah, another girl I for the draft so we got her into another one. Is that why you're laughing, Tanya? Uh, well, I reached out to her about, you know, two weeks ago and was like, hey, I got this tournament coming up. Can you help me out? She was like, yeah, girl, let me know what you need. I'll be there. I said, okay. Um, we actually drafted her before I told her that she was in the draft. <laughs> oh, <Jeez. nice>. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I like it. So uh, her it. messages back to me had a few choice words I'm not allowed to say. Um, but then she was like, I'm in, but you're not allowed to throw a ball at me for two weeks. Um, which I didn't throw a ball at her all tournament long. And I had to have my team take her out because I wasn't allowed to. So <laughs> are you, are you going to stick to that, that deal where you're not going to throw at her for the next two weeks? I am. Uh, <laughs> we have open gym tomorrow. Um, and I will honor that. And then next week, a few of us will still be out of town in Canada, so definitely won't throw a ball at her then. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a be pretty hard to do that, so you're covered. Um, how about uh, Eric? Did you have any other shoutouts? Um, um, let's see. Do uh, I guess wrecking balls? I thought they did really did really well in men's i was really impressed with the run that they made um and then the all the winnipeg people that came down to i i gotta give them a, a shout out like amanda and kev and a few others um we go up to their tournaments quite a bit and they've been coming down to ours for a couple years now too nice so it's kind of a cool um i guess just connection we have with our neighbors to the north in winnipeg very cool. And uh, how about you, Brett? Uh, probably just shout out to all my uh, teammates from Hidden Gems and MVP. Uh, I mean, it was kind of fun getting to play uh, kind of with people that I don't, none of us ever met before, and we all kind of clashed, um, or not clashed, uh, meshed. And uh, I mean, I think by the end we were playing well, but uh, 
Um, but just a big shout out to Twin or to uh, Twin Cities Dodgeball. This is my third year at Throwdown, and this kind of gets better every year. It's always a great atmosphere. Um, I'm happy to see some uh, West Coasters make the trip out, and uh, uh, and Canada always coming down, and and good to see some uh, more Chicago players come up, uh, like super best friends. Um, I, I think that's a good showing for us from Chicago, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, Twin Cities is a great area to play dodgeball in. I mean, if you're visiting, I mean, hit Tanya or Eric up and uh, go join one of their many, many, many open gyms. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too because that, that was on my mind. Is um, is it pretty easy for outsiders uh, that are in the area to just hop in and, and, and play some open gym? Super easy. Um, Monday night is 7-inch open gym. Uh, and then usually throughout the week, we have different ball types going on. Uh, Tuesdays, we work on our UDC. Wednesdays, there's seven-inch foam. Thursday is elite. Um, Fridays, do we have anything going on on Fridays right now? I don't know. this. Uh, we have a Friday league that's in fall and the winter, but that's in off-season right now. Yeah. Saturday, there's seven inch foam and Sunday is UDC practice. So nice. Anytime anyone wants to come up, there's probably dodgeball going on. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm looking on the page here and I see that Marjan is the co-organizer, secretary of state owner and uh new and used starfish emporium. So <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to shout that out, but that that's interesting. <laughs> Official titles. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, before we get into Tanya's shout-outs, Brett, did you have any others, or um, was that pretty much oh, it? Oh, that's it for me. Gotcha. Cool. So how about you, Tanya? Uh, you said you had quite a few. Yeah, uh, definitely Stone and Marjan, you know, with Twin Cities Dodgeball, you guys have definitely been around, and I sometimes go crazy during tournaments, but you guys are always there to help me out, so I appreciate that. Uh, Jen Ritchie with the schedules this year. The schedules were insane. Um, all the teams kind of registered late. Uh, so I didn't realize how big we were getting. Um, so the gym next year will definitely be bigger to accommodate us. Uh, Eric's mom and biological mom, like getting the schedules, getting the scores, making sure everything I need is good. They bake fresh banana bread every tournament, which is awesome in itself. Huh. We have a snack table. We have water as Gatorades for everyone to munch on throughout the tournament. Awesome. Yeah. And of course, Ashley, who has been there for the last couple months, um, I kind of took on a lot more than I can chew this year. And she was right there helping me out, making sure that this tournament runs. So definitely deserves a shout out. Uh, Ashley Cook, that one or a different one? Nope. Definitely Ashley Cook. Gotcha. Very cool. Real quick, um, and I meant to ask this earlier, Ask actually, you say you go crazy and you yell. Do you just turn into a completely different person or? No. Uh, so I like to make sure that everyone gets the most dodgeball in. Um, so I like to schedule it really tight. Um, and the ladies tournament should have actually lasted longer than the men's just because we were only on one court and the guys had three. Uh, but the guys seemed to take a little bit longer. So they needed a little bit more voice to get them going. Gotcha. 
Very cool. Well, that's uh, that's all I have. Really, um, definitely appreciate you guys uh, doing this kind of last minute and spending some time to uh, to recap the events um, and also being willing to be my guinea pigs for the uh, the live stream. That's definitely something I'm going to be playing with for a little bit. Curious to see how it turns out and how we can make these recaps a lot more visually um, interactive, especially when we're trying to reference plays that that happened in the heat of the moment. You know, it's, it was a week ago, so I totally. Um, understand Eric not not remembering every single little minute detail but uh, we'll definitely work towards that and so um, yeah with that being said again thank you guys so much and uh, we'll end the recap there alrighty so there you have a quick recap of the Twin Cities Throwdown tournament that took place the weekend of April 21st Uh, I wasn't 100% sure I was going to uh, get a chance to cover it so huge thank you and shout out to Eric Stone Tanya Kaiser and Brett Furlong for uh, jumping in last minute and uh, helping make it happen. I know I've said this before, but any opportunity I get to venture out of the West is a great one. I've been fortunate to talk dodgeball with people I probably never would have under normal circumstances, so I definitely appreciate all of you for you know accepting my random message requests throughout these last few months and uh, taking time out of your days to, to rap with me. It, it's, I, I cannot uh, say that enough how much I appreciate it. And uh, before I get too emotional, I'll go ahead and just end the episode there. Um, Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you this Friday with the LA Classic Recap. I'm very much looking forward to it.